The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Rascal Toscobble, half-elf rogue. And nothing will stop me from killing Chad. It's just not in hard meat. Oh wow. The high off wizard. And I'm invincible. This is Sir Colvick Dykesy. Half orc cleric. And I like my lasagna baked. on uh, the very good adventuring team. I will move to Clara. Is she still whale form? Clara is still in whale form with 13 remaining hit points. She shouldn't still be in whale form. That's kind of annoying. Getting fair fit from that one, alright. <laughs> You're super lucky. It only hits you. <laughs> Give her a whack with buff daggers there. Whackity whackity. Don't come backity. What if it extends past your comfort shield or something? <laughs> I'm gonna and you burn your wiener. Pee my pants and nobody would know. You okay. blow your whole spell slot wad. Spell spell slot wad is that spell wad? Wad. Your splod. <laughs> <laughs> blow your whole splod. That's a funny sounding word. <laughs> splod. Oh shit, boys! Looks like we got a plan of brewing. Giant not smart. <laughs> they have a plus two. They're actually smarter than most of you. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> wiener, 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 wiener. Oh. One finger way up there and you can communicate <laughs> with him. <laughs> this is all you communicate. Yeah, let's be communicate. This is my communication finger. R two D two, like trying to interface. So your rod goes into his mouth and activates. They're for sure just they're fire eggs, pretty much, right? On fire all the time. I see two things happening potentially. One of them is like your jaw is locked to the ground and that basically forces this immovable rod like deep throating for you. And the other option is it just kind of like harmly slide, harmless, harm, bleh, harmlessly slides like away from you as you resume your normal form like polymorphing back out. So I'm going to roll a d20 and if it is a uh, 1 through a 10, the harmless option happens, and if it's an 11 through a 20, the harmful action happens. And that's an 8. So, um, we're going to say that Mulgear spends its turn transforming back, but does not take any repercussions from the immovable rod damage. As m- way cooler as that would have been. I'm sorry to disappoint. Mulgear is back to full form. One million ants. So he has this movable rod in him still? No, he basically like slid off of it as he was transforming Uh, back. Yeah, yeah. So there's now just like an immovable rod hovering in the air um, where his mouth formerly was. Or her, I don't know. I didn't uh, really decide on gender for these characters. They. They. We'll stick with they. Be sensitive to uh, gender and uh, all the rest of that stuff. Melvin, it is back to you as we enter round three. Well, um, I would say I'm going to cast major image around Mulgear and create basically the adamantine prison around him just to keep him stay put 
but by doing so, I have to change my concentration from mm -hmm. the polymorph spell over to the major image spell that I'm casting around. Uh, you know, from the polymorph spell that's affecting Gurn to the cage that I'm creating around Mole Gear. Uh, you know, and I'm just gonna say that that uh, this immovable rod is a little deeper inside Gurn. Fucking damn it! Especially because he doesn't have a, let's say, uh, an equivalent an equivalent hole. orifice. <laughs> um, let's see here. So I, I just did some quick googling to make sure that I was finding uh, an appropriate name for it. So we're gonna we're just gonna say real quick that Mulgear is pan gender and stick with they. Mulgear is gonna identify as they. Just so you guys know. You can now use that appropriately in the future. So Gearn is going to I'm gonna move Gearn to the 45 degree angle to indicate that it, they are transforming back into fire giant form with a uh, immovable rod just in some orifice and Mulgear is uh, locked down and you're going to take your special action to make that real as we have done so often in the past. Yes. Right on, right on, right on. Kolvik, we move over to your turn unless there is a reason you're playing footsie with me. Gotta play with That's someone. not going to get you any special favors in this game. Footsie's not a one person game. My foot was stationary on the ground, and I felt you caress. And we are in sandal weather, so here we all are. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, I'm going to go ahead and scream to the crowd once again. Will somebody give me a hand, and let's get out of here. And I'm going to attempt to banish Sky Stall. Oh, dude, we haven't banished anybody in a yeah. long time. Fuck yeah. I'm mm -hmm. going to try to banish him. I know it's not going to be a permanent, but just to get him out of existence for a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Banishment is a charisma saving throw. How charismatic are fire giants? Probably charismatic. They're a little charismatic. Uh, Everybody wants to fuck. Everybody wants to get with the fire giant. Are you kidding me? You want an 18-foot-tall creature's flaming wang. I don't hey. want that in the same room as me. Hey, Pan, man. All right? I, you know... So charismatic. I'm just saying that yeah. I don't necessarily... You don't know. And don't, don't mess with kinks. I will never kink shame, man. Whatever the fuck everybody is into, I am all about it. But I'm just saying that... Because, like... You're talking about, like... Proportionally, his dick's going to be, like, two feet long. I mean, a minimum of, like, a 12-inch... That's around. Yeah, you're, that's like a fucking... <laughs> do you want a flaming tube of cookie dough inserted anywhere? Like, I wouldn't let him put it in my armpit. Well, I say Never I'd... mind a cookie dough. It's going to be like as big around as like... You know those cans of steel reserve you see at the <laughs> gas station? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like... You ever go to like Jersey Mike's and they have like the big logs of bologna or whatever? They're like... <laughs> <laughs> so picture that, but made of fire. Right. Like a thing of Euro meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's fucking weirdly tapered like that. <laughs> His oh. friend's been shaving somehow. <laughs> oh. Maybe Fire Giant Wang's a delicacy like that. Like they just <laughs> spin it on the fucking thing. Yeah. Why do I just start licking my lips for some weird reason? Or, You've eaten or... a lot of weird stuff in this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. True. You get a lot of hot dogs out of that thing probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, uh, charisma saving throw. Uh, with a minus one, that'll be a 15. So that misses your save. Uh, and Skistel is banished. I'm going to indicate that by tinting Skistel blue. That didn't do shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do that by putting this uh, like put wavy icon. There okay, we go. Okay, that's good. And then we'll just scoot them, scoot them off to the corner of the map. So three fire giants remain on the field. One of them is charmed by Kolvik. One of them is encased in adamantine and pinned. One of them is transforming back from being a killer whale 
and has a immovable rod in somewhere. Kolvik, I feel pretty good about your turn. Do you feel pretty good about your turn? I feel great about my turn. And I am going to go ahead and move to the other side of this oik, hoping someone can get close enough to assist me. To start shuffling on down the path. Right. right on. Roscoe, it is over to you. Here I come. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be pretty far away. In fact, that is going to be 35 feet. I dashed. You dashed. Right on. Anything else on your turn? Oh, no. Coolio. Skewn. Um, which one was Skewn again? So Skewn is, well, currently friendly to you and all of your allies, um, but does not have any commands. So Skewn's just going to sit there and... You know what Skewn's going to do? Skewn's going to go back and look sadly back at the now empty pool that they were tending. Oh. Staring off into the distance, feeling like there's no one to raise anymore. And I cannot do weak commands. It's just the one command, right? Um, I do not see... So, the way the spell is written, I don't see anything in there that would say you can issue another command. I like to rule in the favor of the players, but I don't see anything in there that says you can change the command. That's what I figured as well. You place a magical command on a creature, within, but it doesn't say you can take that off of anything. So. You place... Air command. Ah, command. Also, by the way, you cast that as the eighth level, so like, he's gonna follow this for a year. Yeah, just gonna be in the back of his head this whole time. Their head, rather. Looking for some eggs to put in some park. Gearn, still. Oh wait, no, Gearn is transforming. Hmm. So we've got the way I see it: three potential orifices, or places rather that an immovable rod that was previously in a blowhole could be. I'm going to say one of them is that just turns into the mouth. And then, like, you know, maybe they'd be, like, potentially pinned by that. One of them, just because this is VGAT, and why not? The other option uh, is going to be that it's the butthole. And then a very rare chance would be, because a blowhole is, like, basically right behind the brain of a whale, right? I think it's like the spine almost. Or the spine. Kind of. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, Melvin, since this is your spell, I'm going to have you roll a d20. On a roll of... Well, hang on. <laughs> Just that was so pissing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say on a roll of 0 to 5... The immovable rod just like pops out and doesn't hurt anything. I got a 19. What does that do? Well, you're gonna roll again after I tell you the consequences. What? Why? Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, I could just make better storytelling, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no fucking suspense. We figured it out. Okay. I'm sorry. What? Nothing. I looked it up, but I like this a lot better. You googled it? Yeah. You googled what happens if a blowhole has an immovable rod in it as they transmogrify back? <laughs> Close. Where is the blowhole on a whale? Oh, where is it? But this is a lot better. The blowholes are a whale's nostrils are located on the top or back of the whale's head. Yeah, because um, and that's kind of what I was going off is because it's in the back of the head. So we're going to say, I'm going to redact my earlier statement here. Redact, that's not even the right word. Stupid Mueller report. <laughs> <laughs> Retract. I'm going to retract my earlier statement, and I'm going to say, in one possibility, it appears in this fire giant's nostril. In the other option, it appears in their anus, their anus, if you will. And in the third option, it will appear in basically like their spine. So, Melvin, in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to roll your dice. If you get a zero, uh, one to a five, rather, uh, it's just harmlessly falls away. If you get a 20, it appears in their spine and severs it. And if you get um, anything in between that, I'm going to let you choose if it is nostril or anus. Roll them dice. May I roll? You may roll. Eight. Eight is above five, but it is not a 20. So you get to choose nostril or anus. I think 
nostril. I think it most closely matches to the anatomy of uh, killer whale's blowhole, which makes a lot of sense, so let's go with that. Nostril. I choose nostril. Final answer. <laughs> um, and let's, let's do one more roll. Give me just another straight up d20 roll. Nine. Mm, okay, I was going to say ten or above. It's pinning him to the ground by his nostril. So it appears in the nostril and is like... <laughs> but it's going to do, and you can roll one more time, 2d8 damage. 2d8. As it is forced out in a, I would suggest, a very painful way. Seven. Seven nostril damage is dealt to this fire giant as they return to their normal form. To recap, we have one banished fire giant. We have one fire giant, sadly, looking at a pool of fire that is now empty of eggs. We have one fire giant that is encased in adamantine, and we have another fire giant that is now, um, well, you just got a real good nose pick on and is returned to normal form. So begins round four, and Melvin, it will be your turn first. I would like, here's what I want to try to do. I want to cast Mage Hand to pick up the two immovable rods. Deactivating an immovable rod is an action. So I'm going to say with the Mage Hand, you can only do one. But you could get the further away one, which is by Gurn. And then the close one is near Molgear, which is only 10 feet away from you. Let me ask, like... The initial range in the spell is 30 feet. Does that mean like I can't be more than 30 feet away from the Mage Hand or just when I cast it? Uh, so you can cast Mage Hand, making it appear anywhere in a 30 foot radius. If at any time either you move away from it or you move it further away from you, in other words, past 30 feet in this case, it just disappears. Um. I feel so bold and confident when I can just roll out a rule like that and not have to look <laughs> it up. Boop, 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 boop. What is the hotkey for tracing, uh, like, distance? I do not remember what the hotkey is. I think with X. Nope, you can't. Well, uh, uh, but if there's just like there's a circle with a thing going oh, up. Oh, that is. That's cool. the ruler tool. I just click and drag. Melvin, what are you gonna do with your turn? Um, I was just going to use Mage Hand to try to grab the nearest rod. <laughs> That's, that's near me. And uh, try to bug the fuck on out of here. Uh, grabbing one rod, deactivating it, and bringing it back to you is a simple enough action. I'm going to say you can do that without any rolls or contests. And are you going to retrieve the one that was formerly in Gurn or the one that was formerly in Mulgir? Um, I'm going to retrieve the one... What? Get the furthest one away. I'm going to get Gurn. Gurns, yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you want to complete any movement upon your turn? Yeah, I'm going to try to hightail it out of here and run up as close to Kolvik and Roscoe as I can. Okay. You do that. Kolvik and Roscoe, your turns are immediately next to each other. Um, so Kolvik, tell me what you would like to achieve on your turn. And if it involves cooperation, hint, hint. Well, I'm not trying to say you should go one direction or the other, but if you want to cooperate on your turns, I'll just kind of roll them together. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I would be uh, looking to Roscoe here, and I would ask him for a quick response, yes or no, do you want your rod back? I do. Say that. <laughs> Thought he was going to say that. So, with a big sigh and a begrudging action... Um, do I know whether Fire Giant's a humanoid? Uh, Fire Giant is a humanoid, I think. Let me just look it up real quick to make sure, though. All right. Well, maybe not. Do, do, do. Fire Giant. Huge giant. Lawful evil. Yeah, it's got to say humanoid for it to qualify for that form. It is not. It is not a humanoid. It is not. Fudge that. What, is, what would be, like, a, a humanoid? Oh, human. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd be to have human. I mean, uh, I guess what's human for me? It's two legs and two arms kind of thing, but... Yeah, it's weird, because I, th I think it's got to qualify for, like, you know, right number of arms, legs, and heads. Uh, it's also got to have, like, the, the similar size. 
because I think being 18 feet tall is what disqualifies a fire giant. Also, I love these pictures. The hill giant in particular. <laughs> Why is that one so stupid looking? I don't know, man. The rest of them look pretty normal. Okay, here's a question for you. Bay, um, how heavy is this thing? Um, well, you have four stones in it, four eggs, rather, that are 20 pounds a piece. So you got 80 right there. Mm-hmm. And let's say the box itself is another 40. So put it at a total of 120. How much can I carry? Uh, the rules that I established in the previous conversation about it is that one person can move this thing because it's not just the weight of it. It's like the shape, the awkwardness of it. So you can carry it on your turn five feet. If you have assistance in one turn, the two of you can carry it 15 feet. Okay. Well, what I would like to try to do is cast bull strength on myself. Ooh. And so that way I can double my capacity of carrying. I'm going to say if you have bull strength, you can get the 15 feet by yourself. That's what I'm going to attempt to do. I'm going to cast bull strength on myself using bless. Um, I Actually, is that the one I was... Oh, enhance ability, sorry. As a second level spell. Enhance. 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 And so... Me leaving the map with that incur that everyone leaves the map. No. If you leave the map, then you're off the map. And we'll say that you've got the little thingy with you. And then we'll resolve the rest of it from there. All right. Um, maybe I actually won't leave the map yet. But I will go ahead and use Enhance. Enhance. enhance Ability on myself. Yeah. And so I'm just going to go ahead and pretty much use a dose of steroid, stab it into my thigh, and uh, lift this thing up on myself onto my back. I really wish that I could like make my imagination happen in reality sometimes, at least as a visual image, because I had this like super badass image of you casting the spell, and it would be like a green, smoky, ethereal syringe that you like conjure in your hand and mm-hmm. stab into your... In your, yeah, like, in your pee hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My no, pee hole? That's not what I imagined. <laughs> that's, how it, oh, it that's how it has to work. That's how it has to work? No. Yeah. So a little pain for a little glory? Is that not what you're saying? At all. It requires sacrifice. Okay. Not at all. Okay, I'll go with uh, DM. Actually, I'm going to. That'd be awesome if like Chad just kind of appears into like a circular mode and stabs into my leg. And your Thanks, p- Chad. Pee hole. <laughs> <laughs> What if it was like you conjure Expecto Steve and he puts it at like in your butt cheek, like he stabs it in you? Because that's usually what like when you're doing steroids or whatever, I always have that image of them putting it in a butt cheek. Okay. I feel like he goes to put it in your pee hole and then he like <laughs> shakes his head no. He's like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing I'm that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not again. I say please. He says no and then stabs it in my butt cheek and I... And it's only half effective. <laughs> I can only lift 80 pounds. But to conclude, this thing is on my back. (laughs) Thank you for getting us back on track. That should be my job, but it never is. Never, yeah. Kolvik, you have cast Enhance Ability. There's no saving throw or any special thing for that, right? It just says you uh, get... Does that increase your strength or just makes your carrying weight, like... This is double capacity. Okay. Now you are strong like bull. I, I mean, does that give you... I was just wondering if it made you, like, uh, give you any damage? A no. Apply or anything like that? Okay. It's all my show muscles. Well, if you are using a strength-based weapon, you get the strength modifier, which increases your damage and your attack and whatnot. So what I'm assuming at this, if I have this huge thing on my back, I won't really be able to attack a whole lot. Uh-uh. No, so I'm just like carrying like this thing, two hands on the bottom. It You're shouldering that load? Shouldering this load. Load? All of it. Mm-hmm. That load's on your shoulder now. All right. Roscoe, it is over to your turn. The immovable rod from Gurn has been retrieved. You are, let's measure it out. You are 25 feet from Mulgir, and you could get there deactivate the rod and grab it. I don't know why I'm narrating your whole turn for you, but... That's what I'm doing. Since you had moved your character there, these are fair assessments. 
And then does your cunning action give you dash? I believe it does. It does. So you could dash right on back to it. God, it's like I'm just playing all of your characters. <laughs> wow, you're so clever, Melvin. That's exactly what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I figured it's what you were doing. I don't know why I had to say it instead of you. You're like a douchebag now. Narrator. Not totally. So was this what you were going to do? Because that'd be the smart thing to do. <laughs> That's a great idea. Fucking idiot. Thanks, Lewis. <laughs> Not a problem, Kevin. You just let me know if you need me to play anything else for you. Skeon. Skeon looks wistfully at an empty pool of lava where once there were many children, now there are none. Gross. He's full of wist. He's full of wist. Skistol is on another plane and will be for eight more rounds. Gurn. What's Gurn going to do? Gurn is going to see. The three of you clearly fleeing the scene and a missing and otherwise incapacitated set of comrades, but still three pools of eggs remain. So here's how I'm going to play this. I'm going to have the three of you just make a luck roll for me. Just roll a d20, and if in aggregate, at least, well, really, if at least two of you roll above a 10... I'm going to say that Gearn cuts their losses and lets you run. Melvin? Five. All right. So two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf says. Gearn is going to let you guys go. Um, Molgear is still encased in adamantine. Skion is uh, just not even paying attention. Seems to have lost the will to fight. Egg-egg-egg. Skistel is just not even <laughs> just just not even fucking there, just evaporated. Oh, actually, we have to resolve that. I'm pretty sure banishment is a concentration spell. Did you cast another concentration spell? I did. That's enhance ability. Oh, well then hmm. I mean I hate to blow my own uh spell here, but blow your own lasagna, if yeah. you will. <laughs> I do like my lasagna baked. No else stuff. Garfield. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know Wait, what the weirdest thing I've been seeing on, on uh, Reddit is they've been putting pictures of, like, horrible pictures of Garfield, like, being terrible monsters. Yeah, I've seen that, too. Like, Cthulhu-style monsters. Yes. I don't get that at all. Where is it? I didn't know where it was coming from, but it Reddit was... It is weird. It is weird. Like, someone just had this bizarre fucking dream and made it real. This shall happen. It was like you open up Garfield and it's terrible, like snake tentacle monsters inside. I still have those Garfield comics on my beer fridge in my garage that you brought over that one time. (laughs) Are they Garfield without Garfield comics? No, they're just terrible, regular Garfield comics. (laughs) I I still have some reading material books in my closet. I unfortunately have like actual real Garfield, the actual comic books. Same here. Yep. I feel ashamed. Why? There's no shame in that. No, we all grew up with those fucking things. I loved Garfield, my favorite Saturday morning cartoon. Because I because I read them now and I just I don't what did I what was I thinking? Well, so the adult version now, you've got to transform into reading Garfield without or is it Garfield minus Garfield? Or Garfield, Garfield with, without, with without Have you guys Garfield. seen this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just John being fucking weird and depressing. And it's cuz like if if you read those comics without Garfield, like Garfield like Oh, it's a little cat, and he kind of brings it on home. But otherwise, it's just, you know, John, like, panel one, I've got a big date tonight. And then the second panel's empty, and then the third panel is John, I don't have a date tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, like, almost all of Garfield. It's fucking terrible. Weird Garfield, where he's dead, or John John and Odie are dead. Yeah, he's Garfield is crazy. Fucking, like, existential crisis Garfield, and it went on for, like, eight weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. That was really, really weird. Fucking dark. <laughs> the only good Garfield is the one where John and Odie are dead. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, in this dark house and... Cobwebs and shit. hmm Yeah, that was... I mean, was, was there great. ever, like, an explanation for that I or why that think was... think he was just... Was he dreaming? I think or? he was using heroin when he drew those. 
I mean, yeah, Garfield's explanation was that it was a dream, and then it was mm-hmm. like the little bubble popped. And, and he came like, up, oh, oh, you'd sure use lasagna after oh, that. I, I, I missed I you. I sure do hate fucking Monday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking cat, and why wouldn't I? <laughs> I've never worked a day in my life, but I hate my Mondays. My Mondays. Anyway... VGAD fans, hello, how are you? I'm fine. No, I'm, I'm fine, really. Hon- honestly, I'm fine. Actually, the truth is, I'm great. We have a new patron, which, you know, that always makes me super, super happy. And we have a special thank you message to read for that new friend. A new legend has joined the ranks. Jimothy K. Meeplebeeps, purveyor of chili to the conjurer of beef shards. See us in town for anything brown, TM. So that's a special little message for uh, you-know-who from uh, you-know-who. Friends, you know we love our patrons. They're absolutely the best people on the planet. Each and every one of them is a driving force in making this podcast continue to happen. We're also super grateful for all of the wonderful people who've left us a rating and slash or review on Apple Podcasts. We're also beyond grateful for anyone who has been telling others about us in person or through social media. All of these things are tremendously helpful for us as we try to grow our audience and reach more people with our wonderful fart humor and, you know, the D&D stuff too. You know who else is special? Each and every one of you who is even just listening to us. I know I said early on that I would be happy if even 10 people were listening, but let's be honest, I probably would have wrapped this up after nearly two years if there were only 10 people listening. But there's not. There's all of you out there, and all of us here are grateful. So, thanks. That's what I've got for you all this week, friends. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful time until I talk to you again. So your concentration is, in fact, broken. And I missed the turn, but Siskel, Siskel, I should have picked an easier to pronounce name. Ebert. Ebert, formerly known as the S name, is going to take two swipes at you. Number one, Kolvik, and I'm doing Kolvik because you're, like, right there. Number one... Oh man, that's 28, so that's gonna hit. I'm just gonna do it here in roll 20. But wait, I'll do this. That is gonna be 28 damage for the first one. And then I roll. Well, that, no, he's I'm down. You're down? Yeah. 28 I, took you out? Mm hmm. Did not heal myself before doing this whole escapade. Um, alright, so with 28 damage, you're down. And then, uh,. Skistel is going to move over to Roscoe and make another attack roll. Uh, that's going to be 17. That's a mess. Excellent. Mulgear is still held. Gurn is... Uh... Oh, wait. I'm not down. Just a second. Oh, I have you're my... Not, yeah, you're not down, but you're at... One. Because I have that cool ability as a half half cool. that I usually forget because it never effing happens. So I have to look it up on work. Yeah, I should bring you guys to zero hit points more often. Basically, you just have one hit point now instead of zero. Yeah, that for like every... Kolvik still stands. Uh, uh, uh. While you look that up, let's uh, let's take it to Melvin in round five. What yep, you like that's to do? a long rest. So you drop to one hit point instead. So I'm at one. All right. Do you have a spell slot to banish this asshole again? do, but hopefully that succeeds. So, uh, I'm going to cast Victor's Magnificent Fist. Victor's Magnificent Magnificent Fist? Fist. Yes. Indeed. And I'm going to cast it at the 8th level. Oh! Uh, Have we ever seen an 8th level fisting? Oh. I know we've seen a 6th level fisting. I don't think an 8th. No. This is by far the hardest fisting we've ever seen. 
I mean, there's only one level of fisting possible that's higher than this. I hope to God I never see. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin casts level nine fucking Victor's Magnificent Fist for a ninth level fisting, and in the back of his head, he just whispers, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. If I, if I get wish, I'm going to wish for a tenth level fisting. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Oppenheimer over there. <laughs> Melvin the puppeteer. You wizards, you you only asked if you could. You never asked yourself if you should. Yeah, you, you you never asked yourself if you should. You're tell a ter- me, a terrible Goldblum. So tell me what you're gonna do with your eighth level fisting. So the at the eighth level, uh, this fist will be granted a an additional 6d6 I'm sorry 6d8 uh, damage from the clenched fist option and an additional 6d6 for uh, grasping hand damage now the, also the key stat here is that the uh, magnificent fist has a strength of 26 by default Julio. So what I would like to do with that amount of strength, I feel like I should be able to lift that container with the Magnificent Fist. Yeah, I think Victor's Magnificent Fist is going to save the day. Grasping the Ark of the Covenant with uh, with the four eggs inside of it. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, let's let this fucking rock, man. Like, you, you cast it, it happens, it appears, it grasps, it holds. And there it is with you. Are you going to flee the scene? Oh, man. Um, no, I can't flee the scene. But I will bring the thing, basically. What do we call this? The Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, why not? I'm going to bring the Ark over to me. Ark of the Omelette. Well, so I'm going to say this. So you're the top of the order, and the other two dudes are right after you. Let's just take a quick, like, let's, let's eject from initiative for just one second here. Kolvik, you've got one hit point. Mm-hmm. Roscoe, you're relatively undamaged. I'm going to say that with Kolvik going first, here's the worst thing that can happen. Because if you try and flee, unless you do something to make that not happen, um, you're going to get an attack of opportunity from this fire giant. Um, Roscoe's going to go after you. He, well, the fire giant's only going to get one attack of opportunity. The sum of it is, if you guys play your cards right, you can all escape this scene this round. And then there's some other stuff that might happen afterwards. But you can escape Fire Giant land if you all book it the fuck on out of here. And I'm only saying that because it's like not obvious from the map and everything that else that's set up. So as a team, let's make a decision on what you guys would like to do or pursue as I have completely led you down the path of what you could do anyway. Um, so tell me what you guys want to do, and then we'll see if we can resolve it out. Do you guys want to stand and fight? Do you want to try and heal? Do you want to do something else, or do you want to just GTFO? Guys, I think we should get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I agree. I also agree. I would, uh, attempt to GTFO. All right, GTFO. Kolvik with one lingering hit point in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, question. I forgot if we decided this on Shield Master. I can take an action and f- I can shove a creature within you five feet away from me. Is that considered disengage? Or would that... Here's a fun thing about that, and good goddamn catch, if I may say so myself. If you shove a creature five feet away from you, it will exit melee range. That's not you exiting melee range, so you will not take an attack of opportunity. All right. Well, I think since it is my turn next, if Melvin decides to book it, I would use that shield master feat. I would, since pretty much on my knee, one hit point, that lifts off me. I would turn myself around and shove all my one hit point self-life and push into this giant 18-foot beast. Try to shove away from me so I can duck and cover away. Are you like at wiener height for him? Um, I would, yeah, I mean, no. Are you shoving him in the wiener? It Get away from me, wiener. Like... <laughs> Get away. Oh, you can always count on Viget for wieners. You push, 
pushed his hot wiener away from him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, from me, hot he's 18 feet in large. Would I be even able to push him? Well, I still have endurance. Did it throb? I still have my strength. <laughs> he felt it pulsating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're basking in the warm glow of his wiener. So I think I'd like almost jump and like hit him right in the diaphragm and push him back. Cool. Um, was that was that a fart? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a bullet. Was that, that high squeaky noise? Uh, wow, that was impressive. Uh, was that a bullet? <laughs> no, it was a fart. <laughs> Kolvik, I will have you make a strength athletics check. Come on, this is. Do I get to double my strength? <laughs> Wait, why are you doubling your strength? Because <laughs> I should have my uh, bull strength still. Oh, you're rolling it with your bull strength. So what is it? It's 26, so your modifier becomes 8. Okay. So take a plus 8 to your roll. Oh, that's really cool. So 16, 26, plus 8. You have successfully defeated the 22 rolled by the fire giant. Woo! And you are able to push it five feet away from you. Excellent tactical use of your turn. Well, I mean, that wasn't a saving throw, but that'll work either way because it's enough. He's like, God damn it. Ouch, my balls. <laughs> Ouch, my diaphragm. Between Kolvik's valiant and uh, interesting action there, Melvin's casting victor's magnificent fist victor's magnificent fist and roscoe it's down to you as the last decision on what's going to happen and i believe you said gtfo but i wanted to double check yeah i wanted gtfo all right man are you sure we can take these guys (laughs) i think we should i'm running right now i'm running away (laughs) cool story bro all right, you guys book it the fuck on down out of here. And I'm going to do one last roll against Colvick's armor class. And that is not enough to hit you. So one final flaming rock comes sailing over your head in <sighs> an attempt to crush your skull. And alas, crashes to the side of you. And you guys get a real sweet action scene as this Ark of the Covenant is floating along beside you in, Mel- in uh, Melvin's Melvin slash Victor's magnificent fist. And you guys scurry on out to the safety of Chad's domain. Oh, wow. So we didn't have to even go back to that other place. Woo! Woo! Yeah, I was going to have you guys go do this other random thing, and then the more that I thought about it, I was like, this is fucking dumb, because it was just more of those little, like, fire dudes that were going to run out and attack you. Um, But you guys actually, once I thought about it, you guys killed all, like, I don't even know how many I had. I had, like, 15 or 20 of them, and you killed killed them all the first round of combat. So, the first set of combat, I guess. So, yeah, you guys are able to successfully make your way back on out, and, uh back to Chad's place to safety. Oh, goodness. I was actually expecting us to go down there. I was going to leave you behind. <laughs> Do I know this? No. Yeah, are you thinking it pretty much? I didn't have a choice. I probably I would have to pick the eggs or you. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward here. There's a bunch of other fun stuff that uh, that we could go through, but let's fast forward to the narrative big block of text that I wanted to read off to you guys so it's a couple days later you've had a chance to recover to rest you have these um, fire eggs you have the eyes of zur uh you have the um well in some way you have the star metal chad tells you that he is going to need the star metal turned over to him as soon as you can because the ritual is going to begin soon And you guys are going to have to do that um, relatively soon before the eggs have had much time to cool. You guys are sitting out on your little patio area in what you guys have not agreed or disagreed to being your new estate. Chad says to you, The final step is the ritual itself. I'll have a few wizards working with me to actually complete the ritual. We begin by creating the phylactery. 
I'll be using the skull I used to inhabit this time around. The star metal will be vaporized by the heat from the elemental eggs to coat the skull itself. We'll set the eyes of Xur, among other jewels, into the skull. And, uh... The skull will be covered in runes and symbols to bind the enchantments to it. Once it's done, the actual ritual begins. I will bind my soul to the new phylactery, and once I am safely bound to it, I will release my hold on your precious chalice. And then we'll be all square, right? As far as payment goes, well, let's go take a look. Chad walks you down to the basement of the main building of the estate you've been resting at. You wander down some number of maze-like corridors, going deeper and deeper underground. Eventually you come to a larger open room of yellow tile. There's a magical light infused in the room, seemingly coming from the tiles themselves. At the far end from where you entered, you see a massive open vault door set into a wall. Beyond the door is a very neat and orderly stack of metal bars. Chad walks you to the edge of the doorframe. He kind of waves his hand over and indicates and says, These are platinum bars. There are 500 of them in this vault, and once we're done, they're all yours. If we succeed, the estate is of course yours as well, should you choose to accept it. But either way, for all of your efforts, this will be your payment. Chad steps away from the doorway and starts leading you back through the house. We'll begin the ritual tomorrow at sundown. Mitch will fetch you from here a few hours before and bring you to where we're actually going to perform the ceremony. I'll leave you with him in case there's any remaining business you need to attend to. And unless there's any reason to stop him, etc., Chad takes his leave of you to go begin preparing for this big-ass ritual. I'll take all of your silences as a no. Yeah, I will uh, disappoint, disappointingly uh, look at the platinum bars, thinking that I've just sold myself out to my literal devil. I'm never proud of what I'm doing with Chad the Lich, and even though I'm looking at more money that I can ever think about, in my whole existence, still really empty, really sad inside, still in my mind de demising a plot to see how, uh, well, making a plot to see a lich's demise. I, I get sexually aroused. And why? Because all the platinum bars. It's high noon in Roscoe Town. Roscoe turns into a tripod. Melvin, how do you feel about this? I don't know. I feel like all of this has happened pretty fast, in a way. I know it's taken like the span of weeks, but it's been a weird journey, and I feel like I just haven't had time to really think about what's going to happen or the consequences of this, but I'm just going to accept what, what may here, and uh, we're too far down the rabbit hole at this point, so. I imagine you're feeling a bit like Alan. <clears throat> oh, man, my voice dropped right at the end of that. <laughs> Damn it. Well, all right. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, these bars are about 200 gold apiece. So you're looking at about 100,000 total gold in the value, cashish on the other side of that door. And uh, I will ask him a question. I'll be like, hey, Chad, you're not going to like double cross us at the last second or anything like that, are you? Chad turns around as he's on the stairs. He's got like, he, he gets one foot up onto the first stair going back up and he turns around and he says, betray you at this point? I'm actually more worried about you doing that to me. I, uh, I think I need you guys more than you need me at this point. As we go through the ritual, well, let's just say that uh, it's a moment of vulnerability for me. And I think some of my enemies might know that and try and take advantage of it. I'll be relying on you to protect me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about here? What are we What are we going to have to deal with? Oh, I wish I could tell you exactly what it is, but, I mean, well, you live a few hundred years as a lich. You know, it's you, you try and make as many friends as you can, right? Because we're all just trying to make as many friends as we can. No, no laughter on that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to look back. I'm just going to keep staring sadly into the platinum. Just say, enemies, huh? He says, the enemies that I've made are... Well, some are of this plane and some are not, but I'll be in a position where my soul is uh, vulnerable and accessible again the first time in hundreds and hundreds of years. I imagine there's people that have been watching for that moment. And, well, I need you guys among some of my other uh, people to help me cross that bridge and make that transition. 
I'm 100% gonna grin. But still you're facing not, away. Yeah, still not turned around. Just kind of grin. So is there anything we can do to prepare? Well, prepare for hell. Fucking great, Chad. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have anything, you know, you could, like, give us to help out? <laughs> can we go and grab, like, a platinum bar and buy some shit if we need it? Chad explains that he will have some magical protections and a lot of other things, uh, keeping him going, but without knowing any more specifics on who is going to be attacking, or more importantly, what's going to be attacking. <coughs> Terror-esque. <clears throat> um, he doesn't really know what to... Terrorist? Oh, God. It's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Terror-esque is the suck. D&D term, but I no. would I would just walk out the door, drop my stuff, and, well, that was cool. You can have him. Yeah. Later. <laughs> Terrorask is the, if you guys aren't familiar, one of the most infamous D&D monsters. It's like, it's just a giant fuck you. Like, oh, you players think you're invincible? Here, have one of these. Mm, what about a where devil? Where have I? Gorgon. Turn it to a killer whale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you'd be able to. Like, all of their stats are like 20 plus, I think. So, it'd be a pretty fucking intensely low roll to make that happen. Anyway. That aside, I'm not actually going to do that to you guys. Probably. Eh. It's funny, that whole reference was lost on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the a most infamous beast in D&D? For me to poop on. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are literally, in at least some sense of the word, professional D&D players. <laughs> like, you have no fucking clue about any of this shit. Uh, yeah. I gotcha. I guess that's part of the charm. For sure is. <laughs> this is why I think we should like for campaign two we should just get some fucking rando that doesn't even want to play D&D and bring him into the campaign what this sucks god damn I'm gonna fight things again or the biggest D&D nerd that we could find and then drive he or she absolutely crazy yes yeah that's more I like it do you know a person like that I don't know anybody that's that hyper into it I mean I'm sure if we went to like some conventions we could recruit somebody but I don't know. I don't want to do that to another person. They would quit the first time. Yeah. I mean, like, you might as well just open up their player's handbook, set it on the table, climb up there, and take a dump into it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Trying to get them as much into the spray like a fucking Gallagher show as possible. What do you think? Who do you think people would respond if we put out an ad that's like in search of D and D expert? Uh, yeah. Must know. I'm an expert. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, clearly. Yeah, we would for sure get a. We would get at least one response to that. Name must be Lewis and or Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Lewis, (laughs) the man with two first names. Oh man! And then we would get like it'd be like, all right, so we want you to be a part of the podcast, and then it'd be like, which podcast are you? Like, well, very good adventuring team. Be like, I've heard of you. And then we'd never hear from them again. You guys are blasphemers. Let's begin with episode one. Four minutes in. <laughs> it's a fucking whole spiral bun. <laughs> full of grievances. Did you even read the player's handbook before beginning? No. Anyway, so that's... That's what you are are left with. Chad takes his leave of you. Mitch is uh, quietly standing by, awaiting any other orders, and uh, we'll see where you guys go from here. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. All right. <laughs> okay. Gosh, got to be different, man. Mm-hmm. Gotta... And that's the way the D&D goes. next thing that we are going to do is level up so (gasps) do your leveling up fucking thing get a game of civ started (laughs) (laughs) you know me well (laughs) we're level 16 i thought you guys were 17 now same we're 16 right we're currently level 16 really yeah you should be going up why is it oh did you not change your little level up top i don't know i guess not oh damn i mean does that affect anything yeah 
it automatically redoes stat. This time, I'm not going to screw up and not count those hit points. Mm-hmm. Cause those you get those constitution. Well, when I'm all alone, I don't know. I feel like I screwed up or something. <laughs> really, we're on seventeen. We're on level seventeen. Okay. Ooh, proficiency bonus goes up. I feel like I don't know. I feel very like... nice. Constitution. I mean, you did like your spells and shit last <clears throat> time. You probably just didn't do. Well, it says like ability score improvement. So I should have taken either an ability score. You took a feat. I don't remember which one, but I do remember you took a feat. What did I take? Sounds like something I would do, but... I get my first, first, first ninth level spell. Same. You get a ninth level spell? Uh-huh. Oh, are we going to bust out Wish already? Oh, is that where that's at? Oh, yeah. That's where that's at. Remember, you got a one, third, one in three chance of forgetting Wish and never being able to learn it again every time you use it. <laughs> 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 I wish I could never forget Wish. <laughs> The universe inverts itself around you. How long does Wish take to cast? Uh, I don't recall. It's probably a super long time, though. What do you need to cast it? Out of curiosity, not but like we play by those rules. It's true. Wish is the mightiest spell a mortal can cast. By speaking aloud, you can alter the very foundations of reality. So can immortals not cast Wish, then? I would assume. Uh, think about that backwards. It's the it's the strongest spell that mortals can cast. So like, it's the weakest spell. Yeah, mortals could cast. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. So if you become a lich, you can't you can't uh, you can't cast witch anymore if you become a lich. Sorry. No, you're not restricted from casting it if you are immortal. Oh, I wish well, I was a lich. I wish. I wish. I, I wish, wish I was, I was a, a lich. lich. Uh, there is uh some rules around like. Like the value of material components and some other things like that. Each time you cast a spell, I put a spell on you. The basic use of the spell is to duplicate any other spell of 8th level or lower. You don't need to meet any requirements of that spell, including costly components. The spell simply takes effect. Um, So in a game where we really played by the rules, that would be much more effective. Oh, So it takes no time at all. It takes one six seconds to cast. One action. You allow up to 20 creatures that you can see to regain all hit points. You end all effects on them described in the, as described in the Greater Restoration spell. I do love that I just see this now. You undo a single recent event by forcing a re-roll of any roll made within the last round, including your last turn. Reality reshapes itself to accommodate the new result, which is basically what your bracer does. Yeah. You've had wish this whole time. <laughs> I'm an idiot. True erection. And I will remind you that the DM has great latitude in ruling what occurs in such an instance. The greater the wish, the greater the likelihood that something goes wrong. I wish I hadn't shit my pants just now. (laughs) (laughs) I just altered the fabric of my reality. (laughs) (laughs) The stress of casting this spell to produce any effect other than duplicating another spell weakens you. After enduring that stress, each time you cast a spell... Episode 94, Platinum Bars was released on July 21st, 2019. Get your ass on back here next week and we'll spin you a little more yarn. By which I mean... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team! Yeah, remember when you were younger and you would get like 15 minutes of sleep and then you would be like, and hungover? And he would just, like, go to fucking work. I would bike straight through 30 minutes, full tilt, go to work, work all day, bike 30 minutes, full tilt, back to my house, and be like, let's drink, bitches! <laughs> nope. <laughs> they just throw a beer at you when you walk in the door. <laughs> yeah, the catch in the air. Uh, Open it one-handed and slam it down. All right, appetizer.
Starburst, anyone? What kind? Doesn't no matter. Good catch. Summer splash in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>